a leadership coach that I had worked with a couple of years ago messaged me and asked how I was doing. And I really basically ran this crazy idea by her. And she was like, I think this is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a person, grow your spiritual life. Basically from that moment on, it has just been a whirlwind. Happy 2022. I'm excited to get back into our weekly podcast. So today's guest is Rachel Meadows. She is a family nurse practitioner who's the owner of Restoration Direct Primary Care. She grew up in a small town in Giles County, Virginia, right where I did. And we went to high school together, actually. And she went on from there to get her undergraduate degree in nursing and then also her master's degree in nursing and has over 16 years of experience working in a variety of healthcare settings. She's on a new adventure, and she can inspire us to have our own in this conversation. So enjoy this talk with my friend, Rachel Meadows. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, a show about how people bless and protect others and how you can do the same. I'm your host, Justin Thomas. Let's begin. This is just too good of a story not to start off with, but who would have thought two people from the small rural county of Giles County in Southwest Virginia would be in the health and wellness field. And here we are today. How crazy is that? It is very crazy. We were always the two or three people that drove, you know, 30 or 45 minutes to get to school. We were, we were those people. We graduated high school together and then unbeknownst to me, you'd become a podcast listener and a couple episodes resonated with you and you reached out and then you shared a little bit about your story that we'll get into today. You know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen and thank you for being willing to share a little bit of your story today. And that provides for me in a very meaningful way. And this is a project that I love doing and we're kicking back the new year off in style. And I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today. So thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely made an impact on where I am and moving forward with my 2022 goals. So I'm happy to chat with you. One of the things that I'm really excited about for you and the listeners is that you've taken a huge entrepreneurial step in your professional journey. And before we get to that, tell us about what you thought you would do when you were growing up. We were going to high school together. What did you think you'd be doing at this point in your life? Well, initially, I was very adamant that I did not want to go in healthcare because everyone in my family, parents, aunt, uncle, were all in the healthcare field. And I saw every day my dad come home and we would talk about patients. He wouldn't give specifics, but like, that's what we talked about at the dinner table. And I was like, I want nothing to do with this crazy, crazy life. Um, so I, in high school, didn't really want to do anything healthcare related, kind of went in with a general understanding of I'm going to go to college. I'll figure out what I want to do when I get there. But as time progressed, I fell in love with being able to care for people in my community and helping them improve um, their health. I saw how humble of a servant my dad was with his patients. He would walk down the street and people would call him by name and he would call them by name. He knew every patient by their name and who they were and their story. And I loved that and I wanted that. Um, So that's kind of why I went into the nursing program. And was your dad a primary care physician or what was his role? Yes, he was um, primary care. He had his own practice with his brother. He basically was not associated with any big corporate 
setting. So he made his own schedule, did his own thing. He, he definitely was an inspiration to me, um, kind of doing his own thing. And that's what I wanted, but that's not where I ended up right after school. I kind of worked for a bigger company and it was all of that experience working for different organizations helped me understand what I wanted and what I didn't want while I was taking care of patients. Well, I love how ironic it is that you promise yourself, I'm never going to be like my dad. <laughs> this is too much effort or drama where I hear all these choices at the dinner table and this is the last thing I want to do. And then you go to college and you major in nursing. Yep, absolutely. Yes, it was uh, definitely a shock to them too. Although I think my dad always knew that I would come around because when I graduated, there are not very many times that my dad has not that he doesn't speak a lot, but he is a man of few words. There were a few moments during, you know, the graduation process and moments that I won't ever forget. And it's how proud he was of me, which he never really said that. So when he spoke, it's profound. And that he wanted me to remember that if I love what I did, that I would not ever have to work a day in my life. He lived that out daily. And I really wanted that to be kind of my motto. I want to love what I do. I want to get up and enjoy what I'm doing and make a difference in people's lives. Kind of where I was at in healthcare at the time, I wasn't able to live that out every day because of time constraints on like having to see five patients, if not more an hour, not being able to you know, make a difference in their life. Yeah, because you go from not thinking you want to get into this field and then you do 180 and then you get those incredible words of affirmation from your father. And so you must at that point been thinking, wow, you know, here I've done something right. I feel good about it. My family feels good about it as well. And so you probably go into the industry thinking I'm going to live out my passion. And so what happened in those first few years that you got into medicine? So I worked in the emergency room for a while and I learned so much again, being there for people when they're at their like most devastating points, being able to advocate for them when they're not able to speak. But I also was able to see how broken the healthcare system was in that setting. Obviously, people don't always utilize that for the appropriate uses, but yet it's there for those people that need it. So that was kind of the first step of seeing how broken healthcare is. And I really wanted to make a difference in that. So I decided to go back to school to become a nurse practitioner, which was a huge step for our family too, because I was working, going to school. I had a two-year-old at the time and I was expecting my second. So definitely that was a leap of faith and definitely my faith, my personal faith took me through that as well as the support of my family during that time. But coming out of school, um, I knew that I wanted to make a difference. So I started working in the hospital as a nurse practitioner on pediatrics. And I always say that the moment that I'm in, that's my favorite. I don't have a favorite patient population, but peds definitely shaped me into the person that I am today because there were so many different opportunities there. You're there for parents, you're there for kids, and you're making a difference in their life. Before we get into how PED shaped you, what about the emergency room? I mean, that seems like the most stressful place to be in. How did you handle the stress and was it different than you thought you would? So when I started as an emer in the emergency room, I did not have children. I was younger. So 
the way that you think when you're right out of college is a little bit different than I think now. How vital our life is and how things can change in one moment to the next is it definitely puts things into perspective. So you would come home from a long day where you see people dying or death and bad things happen to amazing people. And there is not really an outlet for that. So as far as like healthcare workers and the things that they experience, there's not necessarily a way for you to to take care of yourself if you're not intentional about it. So I really tried to surround myself with good friends who either worked in healthcare, I could share stories with, again, not specifics, making sure that I was in a spiritual place that you can kind of understand the bad things that happen, that bad things happen to good people and really relying on my faith and my family for support when you would have a bad day and just let them listen to, you know, a story or be a shoulder to cry on when you had a bad day. It is sad when you're faced with that stark reality of, you know, you see a life being taken, you know, how can that not affect you? And I'm curious if that was a conversation or an opportunity for a conversation with your father who was in the business of healthcare as well. Yes, absolutely. So one of the patients that I remember very specifically that I lost and he came in talking and his family was there and very quickly um, declined. And it was just very humbling that God placed me in that moment with that family to be there for them, to pray with them. And I, again, I don't think that I would have been that person if it weren't for my dad and seeing how he was being a servant to his patients. Like, obviously, we all go into work with the expectation of some sort of financial, like we have to, we have to make a living to support our families, but he never did it for that reason. It was always out of being a servant to his patients and loving them and caring for them and meeting them where they were. His example of how he treated his patients and building relationships definitely shaped that moment. Um, while a patient is dying and you are there for their family. So you managed to take the the good from the emergency room days and say, hey, there's some, some broken things here. I, you know, I was able to serve some people and then you go back to school hoping to help fix it. And then what did you do after that? What was your next step along the journey? So I was um, working on pediatrics. Um, I worked there for several years, but I was finding that, especially in primary care, I was having to see like 30 or 40 patients a day and I might be able to spend, you know, five or six minutes in a room with the patient. I wasn't able to sit there and learn who this person was. I wasn't able to understand where they were coming from or their why. If we are always speaking and we don't take the time to pause and listen and let a person speak, we can't learn and we can't understand where that person is in their process, either change or why their behavior is the way that it is, because we're trying to fix people typically, but we want to, as providers, prevent things. We don't always want to have to fix the broken things. We want to prevent someone from 
having diabetes or high blood pressure. And if you can sit and listen and understand, you know, Hey, they're eating these certain things because they have this huge stressor in their life. Obviously we can kind of talk them through that and, and work on that stress. And that in turn helps their overall health. Um, but I wasn't able to do that when I was seeing 30 or 40 patients. And I just didn't feel like I was providing the care that I was intended to, to do. My, my purpose was not to, to do that. So that's kind of where this idea or this model came from. I've always wanted to, like in the past several years, start my own practice and, and do my own thing. But in a traditional practice model, unless you're seeing 30 or 40 patients a day, there's no way to, you know, even cover your overhead or what you're, you know, you're building your supplies with an insurance-based practice. So I definitely did some research. And then there's actually um, a local mentor that I reached out to who um, had started a direct primary care practice in the Blacksburg area. And I shadowed him and kind of worked with him via FaceTime and texting and phone calls. And I just fell in love with the model and what it, its intention is. Its intention is to bring back that relationship and patient. So taking out that third party or that middleman who would be dictating what the decisions were. So that's, that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. And was there a moment in your previous practice that just said, I'm, I'm out? Because a lot of nurses, I would imagine, a lot of healthcare workers feel the frustration that you felt. You have these demands from the insurance company, fee for service, you've got to hit these marks, and they just keep doing it. What was it about you, your personality, your upbringing, or was it a moment that you said, I'm out? Obviously, a lot of us as healthcare providers, COVID has really changed people in so many different ways and affected us. And I feel like that was one of the pivotal moments where I knew that I needed to do something different because I, again, we were very hyper-focused on one specific thing, but with COVID came so many other different issues. You know, the mental health industry right now, it's insane how much medical care is being driven towards like mental health. So, you know, COVID has increased people's anxiety and stress, and there's so many different facets of COVID, not just the illness itself and what it has done to, to families. So that was one moment. And then as I have over the past year, seen how it's affected people's families and Again, not being able to get into your doctor to be able to see them for weeks or months. I just felt it's not, there is something that needs to be different in the way that I practice. I cannot sleep at night knowing that I have not let somebody speak or ask a question that they need to. They can't get a hold of me when they need me. So it was September, October of this past year where it wasn't a specific day. It was like a week where I just basically got on my knees and prayed that God would show me what I needed to do. And again, I had been looking into this direct primary care model and some other different aspects or avenues for how I could start my own practice. But a leadership coach that I had worked with a couple of years ago messaged me and asked how I was doing. And I really basically ran this 
crazy idea by her. And she was like, I think this is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a person, grow your spiritual life. And so basically from that moment on, it has just been a whirlwind of entrepreneurship and starting my own business. <laughs> well, it's amazing to reflect on, you know, you're making this big decision to start your own practice now, I guess officially launching next month, but you've already had a waiting list of people reaching out to you. So congratulations with that in the Roanoke area. And it's great to see the investments that you've made into relationships that have provided for you in this transition. You mentioned about your leadership coach and the mentor. So do you just mind reflecting on how those people have provided for you? Because I think that's just such a powerful part of your story and that we can all try to invest in those relationships now. You never know when you're going to do this leap of faith and you need to hear those positive words. So would you mind reflecting on how you found those relationships, how you invested into them, and maybe how we can all do the same in our own lives? So relationships is a huge aspect or will be a huge aspect of my practice. So I have many close friends who are moms and they would vent to me about you know, their experiences with their primary care providers, not their primary care providers specifically, but the whole system and how they would have to wait for appointments. And so I could very much empathize and be in that moment with them and just listen. So those moms have encouraged me to do this and, and, and have kind of been on this journey with me. And I just couldn't, again, sit back and continue to be a part of, of that broken system. And I want to make a difference. So how important it was to build relationships and even not even knowing what I was doing, you know, six months ago, building relationships with people is so important. Again, my leadership mentor is not somebody who just came in my life randomly. It was, she was my boss for many years and she went out on her own into her own entrepreneurial business. Um, and again, it wasn't that it, she just came back into my life. It was definitely a, a God thing. Um, obviously my parents, I wasn't always the most, um, <laughs> good kid growing up, but, um, <laughs> I wasn't always listening to what they said. I thought I'd do better kind of deal. I think we all go through that, but coming back to like my foundation and my parents, um, definitely have provided the emotional and the support that I needed to kind of cheerlead me on in this journey. My husband definitely has been a huge provider in this moment. He's all obviously he's part of this leap of faith and he wants to make sure that I am enjoying what I love. And he could see that I was still enjoying what I loved, but didn't like the system that I was in. So he has definitely been a huge advocate for, you know, remembering that moment with my dad of how, if you love what you do, you won't work it in your life. And he doesn't necessarily have that. So I think he, <laughs> he kind of lives out my profession daily with me. So um, I think he is definitely one that has been there. And again, over the past several months, it's not been rainbows and butterflies for sure with, with building a business, um, especially with no business experience at all. They don't teach us that in school and we're medical people. It's like here, do this and this and this, and here's how you save a life. I, I am definitely going out of my comfort zone with owning a business. It's not something that, that I know how to do. 
And thank you for bringing that up because I think I want people to realize this, like this isn't just a natural transition. This is a very bold transition for you to go from the comfort and security of working for a practice, you know, being paid consistently through an insurance company. I mean, that's a proven model for healthcare providers. You know, my wife and I joke all the time. It's like, oh, we just don't know the terms to say, like we need to know the term and then we're able to get what we want. And I think the term that we're talking about here that everyone should take away from this is direct primary care, DPC. So if you're looking for a different type of relationship, and this is something that I've just been exposed to the last couple of months, thanks to you and others, is that when you say the term direct primary care, it's a completely different model where just as you described, you're away from the insurance-based fee-for-service model where providers are seeing 2,000, 3,000 patients on the roster to then going into your really you know, family doctor once again, who's only seeing a few hundred and you have a monthly subscription where you pay into that practice and you're on the team, like you're on the roster. And then all of a sudden you've got direct access with your, your provider. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge value. We, as people that need healthcare, want to be able to ask, maybe it might be a silly question or that you feel like it's a silly question, but it's really not. It's important. If it's important enough for you to worry about it, like why would you not want to be able to reach out to your person that you have a relationship with and you know and trust any time of day? And I think that's that's huge. And obviously, if I had 2,000 patients, I would not be able to handle that volume. So having several hundred, I definitely will know every one of my patients and I'll have a relationship with them all. And I think that's, again, it kind of goes back to that relationship and how important that is to be able to provide for that person when they need you. And it's just funny because I have to share a story about myself where, you know, so I'm turning 38 this month and I haven't had a direct primary care doctor since you know, I left my parents. <laughs> and so I, what I was doing was just going to like urgent care when I needed it, or I would go to, thankfully I didn't need the ER, um, but I would go to like, you know, like local pharmacists have these like walk-in clinic. Cause I thought like I'm, a, I'm young and healthy and why do I need it? And then as you get older, you appreciate having relationships and you just know the difference between being able to text someone who's in the field or to call someone who's in the field, whether it's a, you know, a lawyer or accountant or a doctor or a nurse. And all of a sudden, you know, I heard this term direct primary care after not having one, we uh, just signed up one locally here in the Raleigh Durham area. And our first meeting was like an hour long. It was just like, a, you know, sitting in their living room, right? Like their office, but it felt like a living room setting and they were asking us questions and getting to know us. It's just a totally different feel and vibe. And it's super affordable too, because I think some people think like, this is just outside of what I can afford, but it's not the case. And I think that's why I want people to like know the term drug primary care, because I think there's other things that are higher price, like concierge, or if you can, you know, kind of name other things. I think what's important is to realize like, gosh, you know, our health is super important. And as you mentioned with COVID, now we know like metabolic fitness yeah. It's critical. Like we, we, need, we need to be strong and healthy. Yes. Uh, and, and I had to like overcome mentally, and maybe some of our listeners feel this way too, like, well, I'm, I'm healthier, I'm a good now, or why would I pay for something I don't need? And it's just so silly to think that for a very affordable amount per month, you can have direct access to someone who actually knows you, cares about your story and can be available when you need it versus falling into what you saw when you started your career of people just going to the ER. And I, 
I use the term when people ask, like, I'm healthy and I may not need or utilize that, but when you need it, you need it. Why do we not prioritize our health care? We pay pretty much the same amount for a cell phone bill every month or our Starbucks fix for a month. It is a mindset shift. Our expectations are so low when it comes to primary care. And I think one thing that I've learned is that there's people like you saying, reclaiming this role of primary care once again. I just, I just love that, you know, that realization of, oh, instead of accepting something that's so like low expectation, that there's a, there's a greater thing to experience. And it just takes some intentionality to make that leap of faith. And I just think what a great time to do it in the beginning of the year as we tend to prioritize our health and wellness and have all these goals. Why not invest in yourself in a practical way, have a personal relationship with someone. So you're launching your practice in February. You're learning a lot during this process as well. Uh, what about on the business side? So I've come back from a business background. What, what are the pieces of the launching your business that you've enjoyed so far? I know there's a lot of challenges, but so far in your journey as an entrepreneur and a business owner, what have you enjoyed and what are you working on now? Stepping outside of my comfort zone and putting myself out there has been more difficult than I would have expected. Who wants to say, I'm the greatest, I think you should come here. Um, it's, it's difficult. You never really had to sell yourself when you were working for, you know, a big corporation or you were working for a primary care practice. People just came to you because they needed you. And now you kind of have to justify why people should come see you. So you kind of have to, again, kind of write great things about yourself and talk about your experience. And that's not always comfortable for people. And it's not something that I was comfortable with. So that's really been kind of the challenge for me. And then the piece that I've really enjoyed is just the, the, the administrative things um, that come with a business. So like ordering supplies and things that you don't think about, like having different types of insurance for your business, um, what you have to pay taxes on and not have to pay taxes on, keeping uh, our finances on how much money we're spending and what we're bringing in. That's obviously something that we've done on the personal side of um, budgeting, but bringing that into a business is a completely different, um, a different beast. So having some outside help with that has been in, incredibly uh, eye-opening um, because there's things that we just don't, again, we don't know when we are, you know, schooled with healthcare, you don't really have to worry about any of that. So that, and then the marketing piece has been fun going out and talking to people in the community. A lot of the small businesses are really interested in this model because it's a good uh, initiative or incentive for getting people to come work for them because if they know that they have some sort of provider that can give them care and when they need it, where they need it. Um, it's definitely something that helps retain and initiate people to come work for them. So a lot of the small businesses are, are really trying to buy into this idea of investing in their employees, helping them with their, you know, if they have a chronic condition, we can kind of work with them on that and making their employees healthier. So a lot of the, again, the small businesses are, are really enjoyable to talk to and learning their stories. Um, and their experiences. Well, as I was looking on your website, I saw that you do 
health coaching and you've got weight loss help as well as you know managing chronic disease maybe even reversing some certain ones and helping to coach people and that i think that's the the bonus of this is that you're getting someone with the time and effort to go deep into that aspect of it as well are there other services that you're excited to offer it definitely is kind of the the one place that you get the majority of your care. So 80 to 90% of medical care in the U.S. is primary care, can be done through primary care. Um, so that's my motto. Like I try to have everything that anyone would need here in my office. So if somebody needs an EKG, we can do that. If somebody needs stitches, we can do that. If somebody needs some, you know, a little one is you know, need some IV fluids, we're able to do that. So obviously if they are emergency room worthy, they definitely would, would go there. And I would be a part of that journey with them, not be able to necessarily take care of them, but be there and know that they're there and what primary care is there for you in that moment. Do you, I don't know anyone that, that would, would do that for me. So just being where the patients are, when you need them, when they need you, and where they need you. Um, that's really my biggest thing that I'm trying to, to live by and, and model this business, um, the direct primary care model after. So tell me, this is the hardest question for a lot of my guests, and especially those in the healthcare field, is how are you providing for yourself in the season of life? Like, what, what are you doing, you know, as you are spending so much time launching a new business, super demanding and stressful, and then also recruiting, marketing, developing new skills you never had before. How are you providing for yourself in this season? As a healthcare provider, yes, we are definitely ones that don't necessarily, we are our last priority. But my mentor that I've been working with has really put things into perspective for me about making goals for myself, not just professionally or for my business, but also for my overall well-being, making sure that I'm emotionally caring for myself spiritually, body, mind, all of that. So making sure that I'm exercising and taking that time. Obviously, owning a business is very busy, but you also have the flexibility to be able to take care of yourself from a mental health standpoint. And then you are a better person, a better provider because of your passion and your purpose. If you're taking care of yourself, kind of that overall well-being more than anything else, I want to be able to be the best provider for my patients. The biggest asset of my business is my, my services. So if I'm not caring and taking care of that, I'm not giving my best to my patients. So I've really she has really put that into perspective for me. So I think it's really important that I kind of keep that as a focus, obviously business and professionally, financially, we have to make goals for our businesses, but I think it's a huge pillar to have those pieces um, of your business as well. And it's so nice to have those people that can be outside of yourself, like your leadership coach to say how you provide for yourself. Like, what are your personal goals here? Don't just think about the business with it. For people that uh, maybe haven't done that yet, and it's a great time to share this. What health tips or wellness challenges that you would encourage our listeners to uh, to consider as they think about starting in the new year off on the right foot? Again, I'm kind of living um, living what I'm preaching. So I really pushed for overall well-being, making sure that you're focusing um, not just on your health, like your physical health, but your emotional, spiritual relationships, all of those things play a huge role in how we 
function each day, um, if we're not taking care of those things and if we're not part of what our purpose and our passion is, like just reflect on, you know, what are your gifts? What are you good at? What do you enjoy using those for your community, using those for your family? Again, building relationships, people who are um, isolated, don't have strong relationships. There was actually a study done that they don't live as long as people who have strong relationships as they're isolated. So that one component of huge overall well-being um, is, is important. And again, I think that, you know, you really have to focus on those pillars of and foundation of your well-being to be able to do what you do every day. Well, we're all kind of walking case studies, whether or not we're an entrepreneur, you know, it's like, are you living what you're preaching? And it's humbling as a parent when you're telling your kids one thing and not doing it. And then it's humbling as an entrepreneur to say, oh, this is what I value. But then you do the complete opposite to try to cut corners or costs, whatever it might be. And so welcome to the club. Welcome to the entrepreneurial club. I know it's definitely been a leap of faith, but doors and windows have been opened. And I feel so good about where I am and, and what this new year is, is going to bring. And what's the name of the practice and uh, where can people find you? So it's Restoration Direct Primary Care. Um, and that name is really comes from the foundation of direct primary care. So restoring that provider-patient relationship into what it was intended to be. I think it's really important to kind of keep that in focus. So it's Restoration Direct Primary Care. And um, I am all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, and my website, restorationdpc.com. Thank you. And were there any stories as we wrap up here, were there any stories or last words of encouragement that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Prioritizing your health because you are the biggest asset to you, your family, and your relationships. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not able to kind of live your life out the way that it was intended to be. So just continue to focus on your passion and your purpose. I am just very grateful for the opportunity that you've given me and that I'm able to, to do this today. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Before you take off, I wanted to ask if you would enjoy getting a short email from me every Wednesday called A Kind Word. It provides a little positivity to help you get over hump day. It's free and shares highlights of things that have brought me joy over the past week. If you want to start getting a kind word from me, simply sign up at justinthomascoaching.com by entering your email address and you'll get the next one. That's justinthomascoaching.com. Thanks again for listening. Bless and protect.